Do you ever want to hear how the famous found fame? How the poor man became a millionaire? How risking comfort gave someone more freedom? Honestly, some days, do you ever just need someone to tell you that everything is going to turn out okay? You're listening to the Y'all Podcast, where everyone has a seat at the table. I'm your host, Laura Jean Bell. I'm on a mission to restore hope to your future. Join me as I share stories about life and faith with a little Southern twang. I will share stories of the past and the ones that are still being written to help you laugh at the days to come. Meet with me around the table, telling tales about the lives of others, of business, risk, heartache, joy, failure, and success. Let go of the fear that hopelessness is your destiny and fill up on the encouragement that mercies are new each day. Because the best thing about a story is that there is a beginning and an end. Welcome back to another episode of the Y'all Podcast. I absolutely love that we get to sit together and just encourage one another in this space. I have spent so many of my adult years longing for more reach and space to just help people be encouraged for the days to come. I know that seems like such a simple phrase, but laughing at the days to come is something that's really hard to do as an adult. And stories help us see the bigger picture, right? They help us just lean into tomorrow's going to be okay. I might have a really hard year, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through it. Something something good is going to come out of this. And so I know that we can't sit together and have a cup of coffee and share stories and all of that, but I hope that we can connect through your drive to work or your afternoon walk with your baby or whatever that looks like. The Lord knows what he is doing and why he is doing it and what he is sharing through this podcast to you. I hope that it is an encouragement that it touches you and reaches you today. So, um, I have to tell y'all, I'm a big history nerd. And today's episode, I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of a history lesson mixed in with a little um, spiritual connection to the to the history nerd in me. But I've always loved history. I grew up in a home of storytellers um, in a very historic city. I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, which is the cradle of the Confederacy and the birthplace of the civil rights movement. I mean, so much, so much has happened in Montgomery. On top of that, my dad's a history professor, so we love history in our house, especially World War II history. This is the kind that's kind of always been my favorite, and I think it's because it's a time frame that feels more uh, touchable, maybe, more tangible, because I grew up knowing people who lived during World War II, right? My grandparents were Depression babies, and so they always could share stories from what happened during the war when they were kids, um, and then there were a lot of people who were at my church who were adults during the, uh, during the Civil War, during World War II, and they some of them, some of them even fought in the war, and so I just, oh, I love World War II history. I love all that it has to offer. So a couple of years ago, my husband and I rented the movie Dunkirk. Not sure if any of you are familiar with Dunkirk. It is. Um, it was directed by Christopher Nolan. It is a phenomenal movie. Phenomenal. Have not watched it in years, but it was just one of the best movies we've ever watched. And we rented it and watched it. And then the next day, we went to the movie theaters to see The Darkest Hour, which is a movie about Churchill and what all he did during the whole entire debacle and issue happening at Dunkirk. So if you're not familiar with Dunkirk 
or with Winston Churchill or anything. I'm going to give you a little history lesson because I was not familiar with what happened at Dunkirk and watching those movies together was so enlightening and just absolutely chilling what happened. But so back in the early 1940s, um, it was towards the end of May um, and beginning of June. I think it was about a nine day period. Um, the British evacuated through the beaches of Dunkirk. So there were 400 allied soldiers that were encircled by German forces. Okay. Hitler. Okay. <laughs> Hitler is coming around and he is bombing them. He is bombing their, um, the docks where boats can come and dock and you can load soldiers and all of that, that is bombed down. So it's not safe for ships to come across and rescue the soldiers. Um, the ships that were carrying, um, hundreds of soldiers were being bombed by German forces in the air. It was such a terrifying thing because what you're looking at is you have 400,000 soldiers that are not on their home soil defending their home their people, right? They're stranded on this beach. And it was not only British forces, but also um, some of the French were there as well. So it was just this very chaotic, terrifying nine days. These men were freezing. (laughs) They were hungry. They were like tired and wet. And they're just being, I mean, totally attacked by German soldiers. So it's just, it's petrifying. Here's the thing. They needed their men back, but they were running out of supplies to be able to bring their men back. So Churchill is the prime minister at the time of Great Britain. And he just, he knew I've got to go, I've got to find a way to go and get these men. But the people that were working with him, this is like a major reader's digest version, but the the people that were working with him were like, listen, you've just got to negotiate with Hitler. Like go try to find some type of negotiation with him so that we can get our men back. One of the most famous lines, and one of the things that just really, it just hits you so hard because you know how terrifying this was. These people were like, we're about to lose our country to Hitler. Okay. Imagine if World War II ended and Hitler had taken over all of Europe and America. I mean, imagine, imagine. And that was his goal. That was his aim. That's what he wanted. And When the men were telling Churchill, listen, you need to negotiate with Hitler, he slams his hands down. And in the movie, it was just like so dramatic. I would love to have been there in real life to see him do this. But he, his line was, and this is is actually a true statement that he said to these people, you cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in his mouth. And he moved forward with a plan that he made to hopefully hopefully, with fingers crossed, evacuate 50,000 of the 400,000 men, bring them back to the home island. He hoped that he could get maybe 100,000. If he had 100,000 men back to Great Britain, that they could defend the country from very expected German air war, that they were going to, Germany, Germans were going to come and fly over and attack them from the air. And they needed their soldiers back, right? They needed help. America wouldn't send help. I mean, it was, they were just completely alone in their decision to either somehow surrender or negotiate with Hitler or attempt to go get their men off this island or off this coast. Churchill went to the king and he said, I need your grace to move forward in my plan. Basically, no one had Churchill's back. No one had his back. No one thought that his decision was a good decision to try to go rescue men. 
they said, negotiate with, with the crazy man. <laughs> and Churchill went to the king and asked for grace. And the king granted him grace and trusted his plan. Said, you, you can be trusted. Move forward with your plan. Churchill then goes to the citizens of Great Britain and he asks them, you know, Great Britain's like an island. So most people have boats, sailboats, fishing boats, all of that. He said, take your ferry boats, your sailboats. If you're willing, follow us to Dunkirk. Let's save these men from Dunkirk. And so this is the, the, y'all, this story just like totally blows my mind. They're going out hoping to just rescue 50,000 men and they're risking their lives. I mean, they're more than likely they're going to get attacked and totally bombed. Here's what's crazy. (laughs) Okay. So the Royal Navy and Canadian warships were joined by ferry boats, fishing boats, sailboats. Y'all, I think about this, little tugs, okay, pleasure cruisers. These people, these citizens got in their little boats that could carry maybe six people, and they set sail on a 21-mile journey to rescue these men. What's even crazier is that returning home, they had to decide what route to take. One route was had a lot of sandbanks, and so it couldn't be used at night. So if they did it, it had to be in broad daylight because they needed to be able to see the sandbanks. The other route made a detour to the east, and it was the longest one with a four-hour duration, but it was most likely to be attacked by German ships and submarines. Cool. So the third route was the shortest, but it hugged the French coast and was exposed to German artillery fire. So again, Churchill hoped in these people's decision, I mean, these people just had to make these decisions like, all right, you get on my boat and I'm just going to pick a route that I think is going to get us home. So Churchill hoped to draw 50,000 troops from the beaches. If they managed to evacuate the 100,000, he thought that they could reorganize enough to defend their country against German air, air war. But in that time frame, this is what's crazy. The English channel was calm. In the 21 miles, they described it in, in history books and different articles that I've read that it was as still as a mill pond. So <laughs> these people are going in to, to save, to save their, I mean, save their men, to bring them back so that their men can save them. I mean, really, it's crazy. But the even crazier part is that Hitler ordered a halt long enough that more, the the even crazier part of all of it is that for whatever reason, Hitler actually ordered a halt that was long enough for more thousands of the British army to escape. So in the event of hoping for 50,000, and if they could, 100,000, the soldiers that were returned to England, this is crazy, 340,000 soldiers were rescued. 340,000. Y'all, can you fathom being a soldier on that coast, looking out and just hoping that somebody would come and save you and looking out and seeing sailboats? Like seeing uh, your friends from school, (laughs) you know, like seeing somebody come across the ocean to save you on their sailboat and risk their life to come save you. I mean, this is just incredible. Like this story is so phenomenal. But what's even greater is that they spared their country because Churchill moved forward with an idea, with a thought 
that was actually the scarier choice. It was the choice that maybe not scarier, but it was more noble and it made you shake a little bit more, made your hands sweat a little bit more, right? So why do I tell you this today? Because sometimes I need to be reminded that the things I do, the thoughts that flood me and the people that surround me cannot wage war or fight against the grace that the Lord has given me. Remember, Churchill went before the king and received grace, right? Sounds crazy to gather spiritual guidance from this, but this story, y'all, is truly miraculous. Churchill did a thing that not a soul believed he could do. In fact, I don't even know that Churchill believed that he could do it. He just believed more in the sanctity of sparing his country than negotiating with Hitler. But he believed that if 50,000 men could come back, that they might be able to be spared. What would happen if we stopped the thoughts that told us that we couldn't do something? What would happen if we stepped out and said, I can do this much and trusted the good graces of a good God to take it the in the direction that it really needs to go in, what might happen? May I suggest to you that too many of us are willing to surrender to voices of our own mental making or the voices of those around us because we don't believe the still small voice that gives us the assurance of grace. Maybe grace if we fail. Because think about it, Churchill still received grace from the king even if his plan didn't work. Think about that. Grace if we succeed. The king gave him grace and hoped he would succeed, right? Grace in the messy middle of navigating whatever it is that you're walking through. Grace from a good God who wants miracles of the best making to unfold right here and through you. So what are we scared of? What are we scared of? Who are we scared of, right? Are we scared of what someone will think? More than likely, you'll move forward in a direction that God has called you to, and you'll turn around to find a bunch of small boats following behind you saying, we're with you. We believe in you. So I encourage you to turn around and face forward and sail on into the grace that the Lord has given you. Oftentimes, the things that we fear people are going to say about us never are said, or they're never thought. Most of the time, when we move forward in the direction that the Lord has graced us to walk into, we are surrounded by people who are like, yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's do this, right? So y'all, let's think about that today. Let's think about this story today. I know that this history lesson was a little long, but I, I want to encourage you, if you have something that is just so strong in your spirit to do, whether it's the hard thing or the big thing or the financial thing or whatever that looks like, but you have gone before the Lord and you've received grace, listen to that still small voice. Don't set it down. Don't set it down. Move forward. And you might, you might exceed 50,000. You might exceed 100,000. You might triple what you thought you could ever do. Just think about that. Y'all, thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening to the Y'all Podcast. Thank you for sitting in on this history lesson today and just being encouraged. Man, I'm so grateful for y'all in this space. 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for connecting with me. Be sure to um, stick around in the coming weeks for more episodes. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It is my honor to have you here in this space, listening and being encouraged right alongside me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and share it with a friend. Each little ounce of encouragement and sharing does more than you know. If you want to follow along on social media, you can find me on Instagram at at Laura underscore Jean underscore Bell. You can join my Facebook community group, Laura Bell Writes. That is W-R-I-T-E-S, Laura Bell Writes. Or you can hop over to my website, laurabell.co. This year is the year I am writing and finishing my first ever published book, You Can Always Come Home. I hope you will join me on social media to be a part of that journey as well. Thank you for being here, friends. Let's keep laughing at the days to come.